0: Welcome to North Georgia Business Radio, coming to you from the Business Incubator at Brunel University. I'm here with Dr. Bill Lampton. And Bill, before we get started and talk to some great local businesses today, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the mission we have here at North Georgia Business Radio X. And I think we start with that we are a pro-business media outlet. We're a resource to be a voice for the small
1: to medium sized business that a lot of times just don't have that in the community. Yes, many times, Bo, we recognize that there are small to medium-sized businesses that are doing a great service for the community in their products and the service that they provide. They help the economy. They participate in many not-for-profit. And yet, they don't get highlighted like some of the big-name businesses do. This is an opportunity which you and I welcome every week to bring to the table, as we might say, the spokespeople for those small to mid-sized businesses. And in the weeks that we've been doing that, we've heard some fascinating s- accounts of how people got into business, how they helped their customers, how they are committed to this area.
0: Well, you know, we talked about it before. Let's be real. Business can be hard. And these people need to be appreciated, especially these – when we talked to a lot of these stories we've had, Bill – they have some longevity. They've been doing this a long time, and I guarantee you a business that's lasted a long time, it hasn't been this, this linear upward trend. There's been some ups and downs and lessons learned. So I think, one, we need to give them that voice. Two, make them realize we appreciate them for the work they did. And not only that, we can highlight them for customers to hear and say, hey, I, I didn't realize Guest A was out there in the community doing what they did. Maybe I should give them a call. Any other ideas?
1: Absolutely, and I I think, too, that sometimes maybe their next-door neighbor or maybe their cousins don't even know what they do. So it helps everybody become aware of what's available here, and you don't have to leave Gainesville, Georgia or nearby. You you don't have to go to the big city. You can get the services and the the smiles here. And one of the things we've talked about a good bit, Bo, is that you're working with people you know. That's right. That's
0: our neighbors. That's people paying in, giving back in our community. Uh, might be coaching your kids' Little League team. Again, it's your neighbors. It's real people. And it might be $2 cheaper sometimes to go to Amazon. But again, there's no connection there. There's no community. That's not the people that are supporting local business in our community. So let's really let's dig in now to some of the businesses we brought today to talk about. You want to start with our first guest?
1: Yes. Uh, I'm very happy to talk with our first guest Dustin Harper. Dustin tell us a little bit about your business please to begin with.
2: Yeah first of all thanks guys for for having us today that's uh, a good opportunity for us. Um, my store is called Comani Furniture and um, we're a furniture store here in Gainesville. I'm um, actually just moved back to Gainesville uh, a couple months ago um, after uh, after sitting out in Swanee for a little while uh, but we carry um, bedroom furniture, living room, dining room sets, mattresses you know pretty much everything that you would need to furnish your home.
0: Well, Dustin, you do have a guest with us today. Let us know your, your partner
2: here. Yeah, this is one of my salesmen, Jordan Bearden. Really great-looking guy. Of course, you can't see that on the radio, but he really is. I would we'll disagree with you.
1: But.
0: We'll take your word for it. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Thank you so much.
1: One of the things I often think about when I think about the furniture business, uh, in some of my prior careers, I would move every two to three to five years for advancement purposes. And in every case, when I was dealing with a realtor, they would always say if you move somewhere else and you haven't sold your house, leave your furniture there because the place is going to look so much more attractive.
2: Yeah, of course, and um, that's great for us. I mean, everyone is, is always going to be moving, changing the furniture. It's a, it's a good business to be in.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, one of the questions I had, uh, Dustin, and we were talking before the show joke, and I said, I, you know, when you ask a kid, what do you want to do when you grow up? You you rarely get run a furniture store maybe but how did what was the path to get there?
2: Well, actually, my mom does say that my first words were adjustable base. Hey, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, um, yeah, it's it's a long story, and since we only have a few minutes, I'll give you the short one. But um, my wife and I were missionaries in in Tanzania for six years, and uh, we came back in 2012 and just kind of lost for what we were going to be doing. And um, I was doing a little bit of graphic design and photography, and money was up and down, and so I was desperate, looked for for a job saw a guy in Athens that had a furniture store, started working for him, and it wasn't a week or two into that, I said, I might as well open my own and then work for him. And so it was you know, about 11 months later, I opened uh, here in Gainesville. Originally, we were called Atlantic Bedding and Furniture. And um, we had that store for three years, and to get out from under the contract of Atlantic, um, which was part, we were part of a franchise, we had to move away for two years. Um, we had a non-compete of two years, so we moved to Swanee, changed the name to Comani Furniture um which komani is the name of my two sons cohen and imani and nice. how, how we came around that and um, so we've sat out for two years in swanee just moved back to gainesville uh, a couple months ago and, and really excited to be back
0: so that entrepreneurial spirit you're like hey i might as well if i want to do this i might as well do it myself
2: oh of course I'm yeah i think I've, I've i've always lived that way yeah.
0: Well, well that one of the questions i was thinking of too is is with gate did you notice when you came back to gainesville that you reconnected with some of your old clients and those relationships still yeah impact?
2: without a doubt when we moved away there were there were some restrictions on what we could say um, as as far as um, you know I, I think a lot of our previous customers thought that we had just closed down and um, for some contract issues we had to do it that way but as soon as we moved back I mean, it was the first week we had customers coming in that had bought from us from our original location and really excited that we were you know we were back and it, it feels so good to be back because this is this is where we go to church. This is where our kids play soccer. You know, I coach, I coach my, my youngest son's soccer team. Um, it's just, it, it feels good to be a part of the community. And we advertise ourselves as a small business, family-owned business, and it, it makes sense if you're connecting with the community, which we didn't necessarily do in Swanee. Um, so it feels good to be back here.
1: Jordan, you're in the sales division for the company. What are some of the major keys that help you represent the company because of its product? I think for me, it's understanding the vision of why we sell furniture in the
3: first place. Our slogan is, we're your kind of people. And I think um, what helps us stand apart is you can either go to a big name franchise like Ashley Furniture, uh, where over there you're seeing more as a number than an actual name or you can come to us. We are a, a smaller store and a smaller business, but I think personally what helps us stand out is we get to know our customers. We actually know them by name. We... Um, text them, call them, updates on their furniture, and it's, it's a lot more personal rather than just an email or an automated call. Uh, for me, I love connecting with customers. Um, I think it's it's awesome to be able to hear their story, share my story, and and get
2: to that personal level with you know, with our customers. Sometimes I have to push them a little bit and let's just close this sale. He'll <laughs> 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 be making yeah. a, a lifelong friend. <laughs> now,
0: now do, they, do people ever come in and, and you see yourself trying to help them plan a room or, a, you know, the outline of, hey, what goes together here? Or, or oh. is it more just one, one piece? So.
3: A lot of the times that will happen, too, we'll get people who say, I have a room that's kind of in this weird shape and, and I'm going for this, but I'm not entirely sure how to get there and that'll give me a chance to kind of rack my brain and think well i know this one sectional that might fit their dimensions i know this one chair that might look good and and a conversation leads to design which leads to fabric which leads to
2: a piece of furniture and the next thing you know we're making a sale we're good at pulling out the sketch pad drawing out the room seeing what'll fit
0: very good so it's a little more of, of a strat curate helping create a plan as opposed to a transactional piece absolutely I like
1: yeah. it sure jordan I, I you're talking about knowing the names of the customers i remember Quite a few years back, and this was before we had the Internet, there was a a column, a daily column, I think, in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution called The Vent, and people were putting on there about the same types of things that they would put on Facebook or Twitter now. And I can still remember somebody put on there one day, I've been coming to your business for a year now. I have spent a lot of money with you. You still don't know my name. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So knowing the names of customers is extremely valuable. As you say, that personal touch sets you apart. Absolutely. And Dustin,
0: that's what I was wondering, kind of going on with that last question asked earlier. You notice people when they have a good experience coming back next time they buy a house or are these repeat customers you notice over time?
2: Oh, definitely. I, I actually i am a little sweaty right now because I actually helped with the delivery just <laughs> before coming in here. And it was a customer that this is the third time they purchased for us from us. And they purchased from our original first building that first year we were open and then they have purchased since then and now again. So, um, yeah, the, the repeat customers are, are important for us. So we, you know, we um, take our time, make sure that, you know, we're, we're building relationship with those people.
1: Now, one of the things that most marketing and sales experts say is, think about the lifetime value of each customer, and it can be enormous
2: if you if if they continue to buy f- from you over the years because you are satisfied. Sure, I mean, and, and it's it's amazing to me as I've been in the furniture business how often people buy furniture. You know, they, whether it's relocation, whether it's just mixing up the styles, looking for something different, needing a different firmness of mattress you know this these these are customers that will regularly purchase and you know we hope to you know get a customer and keep them for life
0: well Jordan this is for you because you better know this. this is something you should know is are there any like, core brands or things that that Kamani really kind of features or has or delivers to the
3: clients absolutely so our our biggest vendor right now is Ashley Furniture um but we also buy from or we order from other manufacturers like Coaster and Mark. um Right now, we actually have a sale going on for a bedroom set. It's called the Louis set by our company Crown Mark, and it's essentially, um, especially for our Fourth of July sale, you can get a, a queen size bed frame, dresser, mirror, nightstand, and a five drawer chest
2: in queen. All those pieces are for six ninety nine. Um, yeah, you know uh, we we have we have a wide range of furniture. So you know we have your um, kind of middle of the road up. And um, we want to hit, you know, every, every, every customer, every, um, where, wherever they are in their lives, you know, what they can afford. And um, I think we do a good job of that. And, and, and I think that we, we try to give a more expensive look for a cheaper price. Right, So, you know, there are these chic designs and looks that, that a lot of people are looking for, and um, I think we, we offer that at a lower price. Um, there, are, there are a lot more options out there than, you know, the, the main things that they're getting, you know, they're seeing on a, on a daily basis.
0: Well, we're just moving into a new house. These guys know over here, but um, putting together rooms, I mean, this is a major purchase we're talking about. Are there any do's and don'ts you'd say, hey, when you're coming in to buy something like this, any... Here's some things I would do or things maybe to stay away from or not do when you're buying furniture.
2: Well, first of all, know the size of your space. <laughs> there, there have been many times that we have delivered to homes and the things just do not fit um, for whatever reason. You know, I think people, when the room's empty, they think it's it's pretty large. And when, when it, you know, we come in with a king size bed, two nightstands, giant chest, dresser mirror, it just doesn't seem to fit. Um, so, you know, know, know the size of your space. And, and a lot of times we, we sell a lot of sectionals. And the the sectionals, obviously, they they sit a certain direction and just knowing where your room is, where the hallway is, where the door is, you know, which side the chase needs to sit on, things like that. And that's what a lot of times where you know, we talked about sketching the room out. That's mm-hmm. where that really, really helps.
0: Yeah. So let's measure not just eyeball it. Yeah, <laughs> let's do <Right>. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, really, that's it. one other thing I wanted to talk about is you've been doing this for a while now. And every time we talk to a business owner that's been doing it for a while, there's some keys to being viable, staying open, uh, growing as a business. Any tips, any keys to what you'd call a key to success for Kamani Furniture to continue as it has?
2: Yeah, I, I think over time we've had to diversify. When when we first started, it, it was very easy for us to advertise on Facebook. And I, I think we were, especially in this area, it was, it was easy for us to gain likes and followers and, and things like that. And over time, it is, it's gotten so much more, um, that space has gotten so much more crowded. And so it's a lot more expensive to advertise on, on platforms like that. So for us, it's been a matter of diversifying. And as we have, we have grown the brand and people knowing who we are, who my family is, what we stand for, what we give back to, those kind of things have made a huge difference for us. Um, you know, I, I think at the beginning we were just pushing furniture, pushing furniture, pushing furniture, and you know, at at this point, it's time that we've been um, pushing the brand, pushing us, um, pushing personality, uh, things like that, and and our and our our service, and um, you know, we take pride in you know being a, a five star in business. Um, we we take pride in that.
0: Yeah, and that's something I think is key. We hear over and over again that if you could, you could advertise and advertise, but in a way you're kind of representing yourself as the hundred other people that do what you do in our market. So I think it's the story of the narrative. So Without love what you're doing, guys. Um, people out there, maybe this decision's coming up. Maybe they need something. Best ways to find the store, or get a hold of you, what would you recommend?
3: Well, you can always find us on Brownsbridge. Our address is 2307 Brownsbridge Road. Um, it's where the old Matches USA used to be. Um, but we also have a website,
2: kamanifurniture.com. Comani um, is C-O-M-A-N-I furniture.com. Absolutely. Also and on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can follow us there where we always uh, have a lot of specials and deals and things like that going on.
0: Very good. Well, Dustin and Jordan, thanks so much for coming on North Georgia Business Radio. Guys, check out Comani Furniture.
3: Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much.
0: Now, Bill, we have another guest. and um, You know, I took a gamble when I invited him on because you never know what's going to happen with this guy. It, this is a longtime friend um, owner of Combs Pest Control, Ron Combs. How you doing, Ron? Good, Bo. How are you guys? Doing good. Excited to have you on the show. I appreciate it. Appreciate being here. Well, let's talk a little bit. Just start out and tell us kind of a big big view, big picture,
4: uh, what people need to know about Combs Pest Control. Combs Pest Control is locally owned. The only people coming to your home, if you contract with us, is someone by the last name Combs. Uh, my wife is licensed in pest control, stays on with her dad most of the day as a caretaker. Uh, I do this twenty four seven. This is what I do. This is not. I'm not a technician drawing a paycheck. I'm not someone who just has a job to do. This is what I do for a living. I've done this for 26 years, 17 of, on my own. Uh, and it's just it's how we do. It's the uh, guys earlier mentioned relationships. That's huge. That is the biggest part of this business. I say all the time, anybody can kill a bug. It's my job to charm that little sucker to death. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I like. I guess it's. Um... Your Twitter handle, Bug Assassins. Got to be different. (laughs) (laughs) That tells it pretty well, doesn't it? Yes, sir. And from what I understand in previous conversations with you, your specialty, I suppose, is termite control and elimination?
4: Termites, pests, and mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, a marketing group I'm a member of, I tell them, if it's got more than four legs, we can kill it anything le- four legs or less, I'm about to trap it or refer it to somebody else. Yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting in the uh, thinking of the furniture business that, that we did in the first part of the program. Uh, termites could do a lot of damage if they got inside a place, couldn't they?
4: Yes, sir. I'd forget the estimate. Somewhere in the six-figure millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. annually, more than floods, fires, and tornadoes all put together. And a lot of times, one of the biggest um, fallacies about termites is that you'll see them if you have them. Not even close to being true. Uh, I just went to Bo's house last week to take care of some pest control issues. And although I didn't do a termite inspection, I looked at all the areas where termites would be. Termites, uh, best termite inspection I can do, if I'm there for hours inspecting your house, probing everything, looking with a flashlight, the best I'll do is see about 20 or 30% of your house. There's so many hidden areas behind brick veneer, behind sheetrock, inside hollow block walls, under your floor covering, behind your furniture, and behind insulation. I just can't see. So even if I come out to your house and inspect it and say I don't see termites, that doesn't mean they're not there. It just means I haven't seen them yet.
0: Well, it with the pest control run, is it is there a idea that a proactive approach is better that hey, let's 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 protect the house before we have problems? Or I think like most people do with most things, it's okay, now some something bad's happening, now let's jump on top of it.
4: What do you see or do you recommend Most of the calls I get are reactive, not right. proactive. But I always recommend proactive. Uh, as you know, if I just did your house last week. I specialize in what I call inside-out, I'm sorry, outside-only, inside-on request approach. For me and my family, I've got three dogs, a father-in-law who's uh, bedridden, and my wife at home. I've raised two kids. I don't like sprays inside my house. Yeah. I'm just not going to spray the inside of the house on a regular basis. Uh, Bo, you've got a brand-new baby in the house and a dog and a, a fiancé. I'm not going to spray inside your house either unless it's needed. I right. spray the outside of the house. Almost all insects except for the German cockroach come from outside the house. So why would I want to spray the inside of the house and kill them once they've gotten in, rather than spray and put all the chemicals inside your house, or spray the outside of the house, stop them as they get in, get in and not have chemicals inside your house. Then if a problem approaches, uh, encroaches the house, we can always take care of that. Okay, got it. So w- if we're out
0: here, somebody's listening, and maybe they've seen, like like we did, we moved into this new house, we didn't think about it, we didn't think about the pest control coming up, but we got in, and there was a big trail about an inch wide of ants coming in. Right. So if somebody sees that, what would be the process? Is it is it come out and let's do let's do an assessment of what's going on? Is it is it come up with a plan kind of thing?
4: Assessment's the biggest thing. Okay. Uh, every house is different. I can give you over the phone or over the internet or by text a general idea of what I plan to do for your house. But for instance, your house the other day, Bo, I didn't know how bad the ants were. I didn't know where they're coming from. I didn't know where the origin of them was. Inspecting the house, I come up with a game plan for it. How we're going to take care of it how long it's going to take before you stop seeing the ants in your situation or other situations, roaches or fleas. I can never tell over the radio or over the phone what the problem is or how bad it's going to be. I can give you some general ideas. Inspecting the house thoroughly. My best tool I have in my toolbox is a flashlight. I can see where everything's coming from, find the origin, not the origin out kill it that way.
1: If somebody is – under contract with you as a customer, Combs Pest Control, uh, what do you do? Do you have a uh, two visits a year to check the place or what?
4: For pest control, it's six visits a year typically. Six? One of the mm-hmm. things about a, a local-owned business, so, you know, the, the big companies have their rules, they're set by. their technicians and salesmen can only do things a certain way. As long as it's legal and ethical, I'll do it for you. If you want it done twice a year, I've got some customers that way, I'll do it twice a year. If you're asking my recommendation, it's always six times a year. Well, not always. For most houses, six times a year. The lifespan of the chemicals we use is about that, 60 or 75 days, depending on the weather and other elements. So if I spray your house outside every six times a year every other month, I'm seeing the outside of the house. I'm seeing those termite issues if they pop up and are visible. I'm seeing if you've got gutters broken they are leading towards having bug problems. I'm seeing... You know, other things that may be going on. Or if you've got a rental house, a lot of times folks that hire me to go out and take care of a rental house, they don't see it on a regular basis. So I'm their eyes and ears in their rental house taking care of pest control.
0: Well, one of the questions, Ron, that, that's coming up for me is um, a little education on this this topic. Is, is the business seasonal? And if so, are there different things we should be looking for or looking out for? pest-wise in different seasons?
4: It's a good question. It's, it's somewhat seasonal. I mean, pests are always there. Termites are uh, active 365 days a year. Termites, for instance, for, for one example, live below the fr- so, uh, frost line. So if the ground's frozen, they can't come up and, and be active. They're active all the time, other than when the ground's frozen. Uh, during the spring and summer is our busiest time of year, obviously. Folks are more cognizant of, of pest issues, and they see more pest issues that time of year. But most of our clientele has year-round pest control. Uh, To answer your other question, are there other pests, different seasons of the year? Absolutely. Spiders, rodents in the fall and winter, where spring and summer is more ants and and the uh, roach type bugs that come in the house. Okay, so this time of year specifically, what are the most calls coming in for? Ants,
0: termites, mosquitoes. Got to be mosquitoes. we got to talk about that too. Absolutely. For the
1: porch. I heard somebody say one time, if you think little things in life don't matter, try to go to sleep with a mosquito in the room. That's a very good point. <laughs> I've also
4: heard this world in its day, the last thing left to be roaches. Oh, that's true. Well, Ron,
0: so similar question that I asked uh, Dustin earlier. You've been doing this a long time, 26 years now. What do you find the key to, you know, I've been on the square there, and I've oh, unfortunately over the last decade or so, I've seen many businesses come up a year later, two years later, they're out. So to keep a business running, to sustain it, to grow, what would you say is a key to that success?
4: You mentioned earlier community involvement. And that's what I, when I first started the business, I moved. I didn't move here. I lived in Gainesville. I moved my operation here to Gainesville. I worked for other companies in Forest Park and College Park and Riverdale in Roswell, other areas. When I started my business in Gainesville in 2002, I immediately joined what was then the JCS. I was still younger than 40 then. I later joined the Kiwanis Club when I roostered out of JCS. Uh, I've been involved with Relay for Life. I've been involved with Humane Humane Society, uh, Inc. right here across the road from us. Several different nonprofit ventures, not to get my name out there, but to be involved with the community. I'm so blessed. I'm so incredibly blessed with what I do for a living. I love what I do. Uh, I think I do a pretty dang good job at it. It's my job to give back. And by doing that, I've made all these contacts in the community. I mentioned Josie and Marcus earlier. We talked about uh, I met them through a nonprofit venture I was taking care of. And it's just getting involved in the community and then loving what you do, taking care of your customers. Because customer service is non existent nowadays. You guys see that in the furniture business also. If I can perform customer service at least to an adequate level, I've got to leg up with the competition. If I do a great customer service job, I'm blowing folks away. That's the opportunity, communication. Right. right.
1: One of the phrases I like to use, Ron, is don't call it customer service, call it customer care. That's very good. Because you can service people without caring for That's it. exactly right.
0: Well, and that was another good point we left out in that opening segment about um, being pro-businesses. These pro-businesses, these guys are giving back in this community that they work in. And we see that week after week.
1: Yeah, if we if we had any universal theme that keeps coming up when we talk with these business leaders, that's right there.
0: Well, Ron, so as we're kind of talking through the business, let's jump back to the business. Anything you'd want listeners to know as we're kind of winding down about getting in touch with you, how to do it, um,
4: maybe things they need to be looking out for, for if they need to give you a call. Just look out for activity. Uh, as far as preventative maintenance, the, one of the biggest keys I can give is don't layer your mulch. If you've got pine straw or pine bark or whatever it is out your house, if you're, next spring you're putting new pine bark or mulch out, pull the old out first because what mulch does is holds moisture. All insects are attracted to moisture. The more moisture you have under the ground, the more insects will be attracted to it they'll be getting inside your house. So if you've got three or four years worth of layers of, of mulch of any, of any kind around your house, you're holding excess moisture in the ground. You're attracting more insects to it. it makes it harder for me to get my job done because I can't get chemical down there to the ground level where they're living at. Right, so you might actually be doing things unknowingly that's making your problem worse. 100% of time, yes, sir. Well, how do, how do we get in touch with you? Best websites, phone number, what do you, what's the best way for you? Jim? Web, website, www.comspestcontrolga.com. Cell phone number is six seven eight six one seven six nine five one. You can text or call. Uh, Facebook Combs Pest Control LLC, Twitter BugAssassinsGA.com. dot <laughs> com, uh, email Ron at CombsPestControlGA I guess it covers it all. That's it. And, and remind us again if
0: it has more than four legs, I can kill it. You can kill it. Hey guys, been a great show, Dustin, Jordan, Ron. And Dr. Bill, thank you for another great episode of North Georgia Business Radio. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, right here.